grumped Coyote. What does Raven know about fashion? But he had to admit that Bear's suit did look substantial. When no one was looking, he tiptoed over and held the suit up to the light, rubbing his nose in the thick fur. It's not as classy as my suit, but it certainly is impressive. That's an excerpt from the story Coyote's New Suit by Thomas King. The story is an Aboriginal tale about a vain coyote, the trickster, and his devious and mischievous helper, Raven. Together, they plot to expand Coyote's wardrobe by stealing the coats of other creatures in the forest. I won't give away the ending, but it is a story with a moral, as these tales are wont to be. The reader is Steve Heinrichs. He is the director of Native Ministry for Mennonite Church Canada, and he is our guest on Church Matters today. I'm Dan Dick, your host, and thanks for tuning in. Steve is passionate about the Church's call to solidarity and reconciliation with Canada's host peoples. He's been a pastor in the Carrier Territory of Northern British Columbia, loves to help congregations grapple not only with the important issues that keep racial communities apart, but also with the great hope and promise of life done together. We'll welcome him to the studio in a minute. Our sacred reading for today is brief and to the point from John 13, 34. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Steve, welcome to Church Matters. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's a nice outfit you have on today. Did you get that suit from Coyote? <laughs> no, I got this from some two-leggeds at a thrift store. <laughs> All right. Steve, I've heard it said that the coyote as the trickster in Aboriginal tradition can help reveal Jesus in new ways. Tell me what you know about this connection. Well, all across Turtle Island, Indigenous peoples have stories about the trickster. The trickster named as Nappy, Nanabush, Coyote, Raven. And tricksters in these stories are said to have great powers. They can shape the creation. They give titles and gifts to peoples. And one of the things that they're really good at is creating mischief. They like to blur the boundaries on the things that we hold sacred between unclean and clean, the profane, the sacred, the, the young and old, the living and the dead. And I think coyote can serve as a helpful metaphor without appropriating this story for ourselves, but to see Jesus in a new way. Jesus as that messer and mischievous guy who likes to disrupt the boundaries in our lives. We see that in the Gospels. Jesus doing things unthinkable for the religious, the church people of the day. So Jesus is there touching women with his healing hands. He's hanging out at parties. He's making wine. He's doing all sorts of things that we struggle with as religious peoples. So maybe there's something with this coyote that can help us with Jesus. That's helpful context. Steve, it's been said that for the church to be relevant in Canadian society today, it must, and that's a big black bow-lettered must, pay close attention to Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I think it's obvious to most Christians that several mainline churches have been implicated in supporting the official government policy of Canada's residential school systems, and, and that is to, quote-unquote, take the Indian out of the child. 
Does that excuse churches that have no historical ties or connection to residential schools, or is the coyote at work here trying to trick us? I don't know if coyotes trying to trick us, but maybe we're fooling ourselves a little bit here. I think we as Mennonites have a great responsibility and opportunity to engage the residential school stories and to know that we're connected here. We can see this in different ways. As church, we're one body. Well, who is the church? I would have to include, I think we would include our Catholic sisters and brothers, United Church sisters and brothers, those who were involved in these schools. So the church extends beyond our Mennonite boundaries. We also have to acknowledge, it's come to light more and more, that Mennonites have been involved in residential and day schools. Residential schools in Ontario, boarding homes in Alberta, in Saskatchewan. There were Mennonites who officially ran schools, but there were also Mennonite volunteers who, well-intentioned, were working in these schools. So we have family that were in the system. But also, beyond the individuals who were there, as a system, we all benefit from the residential school story because one of the goals of these schools bent on taking the Indian out of the child was to actually make space for settler peoples. So residential schools are connected to the colonial story of land appropriation. There was one guy, one missionary way back when who said, we must make the savages Christian so that we can get the land that they hold on to. If you get rid of natives, then you have no natives that have claim on this native land. So all of us who are living in Canada as citizens, as Christians, we have, we have an obligation, but also an opportunity. I think it's a life-giving opportunity to undo so much damage and to foster better relationships now. That's pretty big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what practical and concrete suggestions do you have for Christians and churches and people outside of our faith circles to help heal relationships with Canada's first peoples? I'd say the first step is to learn the history. Over and over again, I hear from Aboriginal sisters and brothers, mainstream Canadians and good church people don't know our history. Can you learn the history? So I think that's our job, to become aware of this colonial history that still continues in different forms today. There's an anti-racism teacher in the States named Jane Elliott. She's a controversial gal. She has these documentaries called Blue-Eyed. And in that, she says, the number one freedom of North Americans, of white North Americans, is to be ignorant about other peoples. The second freedom of these white peoples is to deny that they're ignorant. That sounds hard, but I think it's true. That in large part, we don't know the story. So that's the first calling, get to know the story. The second, th second way that I think we can heal relationships is to find those people in our Mennonite communities, if we're talking about our uh, immediate body that we're relating to, who have those wonderful relationships, who do have those stories. There are lots of folks in every community that I go to. There's at least a couple that have these relationships. Tag along with them, hear their stories, hear how they've engaged. And I think that will give us opportunities and creative ways of engagement. And then finally, I would say, be neighborly. If you're in any urban location across Canada, there are Native peoples around in our neighborhood. Here in Winnipeg, 
15%, largest urban Aboriginal reserve. We've got to, to reach out to our neighbors and just have coffee with people. That can sound scary, Stephen, even intimidating for folks who perhaps have had only passing acquaintance with First Nations people. In your experience, how does one get past the obvious differences and the many, many negative stereotypes that have cast Aboriginal people in such a poor light? I don't know if I have a blueprint. How, how do we get beyond these stereotypes and differences? One is my immediate gut reaction is saying, we, we do actually have so much in common. Sure, our skin color looks a little bit different. We have some different faith traditions going on here. But uh, at bottom, we're all human beings and we long for many of the same things. So to, the first strategy, I guess, would be to seek commonality where there's actually shared values, shared strengths. And that would be the second thing. Instead of focusing on the stereotypes and the, the negative portrayals of Indigenous peoples, which are all over the place, there are so many strengths that we can focus on. And if we seek, we shall find those strengths. So let's go for it. There's, in every field of life, there's Indigenous peoples who are doing marvelous, wonderful, creative things, whether it's the arts or it's in business, it's in sports, it's in church, they're there. We just have to seek it out. And then finally, um, it, this has a bit of a harder edge. I would quote Roger Epp. He says, instead of focusing on the Indian problem and the Indian stereotypes, focus on the settler problem. Focus more on our issues and in doing that, in doing that deep soul work, I think that will liberate us and free us. It sounds daunting, but focusing on our issues will create shared space. Steve, when and where are the next Truth and Reconciliation events happening in Canada? The next one is happening in Toronto, May 31st to June 2nd. It is not a national TRC event, but it is a sponsored uh, event by the TRC. And because it's in Toronto, it's going to be huge. So we need our Mennonite churches in Ontario to engage that. And then following that in June, June 21st to the 24th, there's the Saskatoon National TRC, which they have said is going to be like the Woodstock of the TRCs because there's more survivors there than anywhere else. So these would be great first steps for the wider public in our churches and beyond to engage with, hear the stories, and, and get involved. Fantastic first steps. We're being invited by Indigenous people to say, come and listen. And my experience has been one of open arms uh, and just a warmness. They're so glad if we come. Steve, our time is up. Thanks so much for taking the time to share your experiences and wisdom with our listeners today. You're more than welcome. Again, thank you for this opportunity. That's all for Church Matters today. In a moment, we'll play a few more minutes of Coyote's new suit. If you want to hear the whole story of Coyote's new suit, you can. It's available for free download or live streaming from MennoniteChurch.ca. Thanks to author Thomas King for allowing us to record his story and make it available. Thanks, too, to all our listeners wherever you are. Church Matters is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Thanks. We couldn't do it without you. If you would like to help us continue the program or support other Mennonite Church Canada ministries, call 1-866-888-6785 or visit MennoniteChurch.com.
www.dharmaseed.ca. My name is Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. And now, another taste of Coyote's new suit. See you next time. Then Coyote had an idea. It wasn't a good idea, but then most of Coyote's ideas weren't. Perhaps I should borrow this suit for a while. Then I can see whether classy or impressive suits me better. So while Bear was shampooing her hair and blowing bubbles in the water, Coyote put her suit onto his shoulders and carried it home. And no one saw him do this. No one except Raven. When Bear came out of the water, her suit was gone. What happened to my suit? she asked, looking around. It was right here a minute ago. Raven hopped along the branch until she was next to Bear. Hello, said Raven. You're looking a little bare. Bear was quite grumpy and in no mood for jokes. Someone has stolen my suit, she said. Really? exclaimed Raven. I can't imagine who would do such a thing. What am I going to do? asked Bear. I can't walk around the woods in my underwear. Perhaps I can help, said Raven. Have you heard about the free clothes at the edge of the woods? Free clothes? Oh, yes, said Raven. Coyote told me about a camp of human beings at the edge of the woods who hang clothes they no longer need on ropes near their houses. And anyone who needs clothes can help themselves. I never knew humans were so generous, said Bear. But don't let them see you, warned Raven. Coyote says the human beings have strange ways. They are very shy, and they don't want to know who takes their clothes. That's helpful, said Bear. And she hurried off to find the camp. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.